Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. You're probably aware that it's possible to have a better relationship with your body. Maybe you're even really longing to have a better relationship with your body. But how do you do it exactly? That's what we're talking about today on the How to Be a Better Person podcast with me, your host, Kate Hanley. I'm the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person and a Personal Development Coach. Welcome. It is so great to have you here. I'm super excited about today's episode because it's a topic I've really been feeling into lately, both as a woman who recently got my menopause wings and as the mother of two young teens who are going through all the changes that come with puberty. But body acceptance is really vital at any age, and that's what today's guest can help us think about in new ways. I'm talking with Alyssa Rumsey, a New York City registered dietitian and nutrition therapist, She's also the author of the book, Unapologetic Eating. Alyssa is the founder of the Rumsey Education and Training Collective, which bridges the gap between social justice and well-being to advance food and body liberation for all people. I love that mission. I'm super excited to have her. Alyssa, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So Alyssa, Why can we have an intellectual understanding that the way our body looks isn't anywhere near the most important thing about us, but we are so quick to hate on ourselves when we look in the mirror or see a photo of ourselves? So I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we get messages from a very young age, either directly or indirectly, that the value that we have in the world and that our worth is closely linked to our appearance and to other people's evaluation of our appearance. And this is something where, yes, we can intellectually know that we are more than our bodies, but this has become so ingrained. I mean, you think about media and the messages that we get from books and TV and movies, let alone social media nowadays. Mm -hmm. And those have a huge impact on us. And again, we might not be fully aware of that impact, but if we think about who is represented, what types of people, what types of bodies are represented in the media and which ones are not. And even right there, without anything explicitly saying it, that is sending a message of what is beautiful, who is worthy, who is is valuable, and who is not. And I for sure think that it's probably worse now than it's ever been if we think about with social media and also just the the advent of these filtering apps that with like a couple of taps, people can make themselves look completely different. So I think, you know, we can't underestimate the fact or the impact that these ingrained messages have on us. I also think too that 
for those of us who are socialized as women, we are taught, again, directly or indirectly, or explicitly or not so explicitly, that our appearance, our prettiness, our desirability are some of our most important traits. And so then when we, so we're being taught that, we're also seeing only certain appearances, certain bodies represented in in the media. And then when we look at ourselves, it's no wonder that we go to like, oh my gosh, I have to fix or change all of these things about myself. And yeah, there's you know so much more I could go into about that. Yeah. But I think that these messages, again, that we basically start getting from the minute that we're born, even if our family of origin you know, that we're growing up with doesn't necessarily give them to us explicitly, like we're being taught in so many different ways mm. what bodies are okay and what bodies are, quote, not okay. Right. Oh, it makes me so sad because you know, we internalize that voice, we internalize those messages, and we become our own sort of like gatekeepers of what is like, we let those messages decide how good we feel. Yeah, totally. It's also tough too, right? Because there's some reality in some of those messages, because our society does place a premium in so many ways on bodies that are thin, young, white, heterosexual, cisgender, able-bodied, Etc. And to look a different way or to be anything else can be a real risk to certain things. You know, there is privilege and power and respect that comes from conforming to those standards. You know, just a couple of examples. There's studies that show that women who wear more makeup and are quote well groomed Mm -hmm. make significantly more money Mm -hmm. than women who wear less makeup. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, grooming doesn't come into play for men's salaries. Right. We also look at from a weight stigma perspective and a body size perspective, the access to healthcare. Thin people have better access to healthcare. Thin people make more money than fat people. They pay less for insurance, et cetera. So again, like these things are things that like really do play out in a society where there are these systems of oppression set up and set up purposefully to marginalize certain people and to let other people rise to the top. And then you're right, you know, all these messages, we then internalize those. And then we end up like that inner critic voice ends up, you know, saying the same things to ourselves that the the media and other other places are are telling us. Right. I'm having such a wake up call around how much of a problem this still is because as I mentioned my I have a daughter who's 14. I have a kid, you know, I have two kids going through puberty and I was so careful not to talk to her about her body or not to talk badly about my body. I was just going to comment on, you know, things like what her body could do or, or what she was reading or what she decided to, how she decided to present herself that way in clothing, like just expressing her personality. I don't know. I just felt like I grew up with a lot of like, oh, have you put on weight <laughs> or stand up straight because you, you know, because you don't look good the way you're standing, that type of a thing. And it's still so, she's feeling it so intensely, even though she is, you know, just, you would think in that privileged place of looking like you're quote unquote supposed to look, she still feels like she doesn't look like she's quote unquote supposed to look. So anyway, it's just, you know, something that we're still dealing with. And if you, if you, if you think that maybe, well, I think we have this tendency to think like, oh, we've made so much progress, we don't have to worry about this now. And I, I'm just realizing that that thinking is like a beautiful falsehood. 
Yeah. And I mean, how awesome that she's been raised by mom who has been thinking about these things and is trying to do it differently. I think that's amazing. I mean, most of the, um, or a lot of the women that I work with in my one-on-one coaching practice are, that's often what actually cues them to come see me. Either they're getting ready to have kids or thinking about Mm -hmm. having kids, or they do have young kids. And they were like, I don't want to continue this body shame and hatred that's been handed down to me from from my parents. Mm -hmm. So I think that's so awesome. And a couple of things. First of all, and I'm not saying that that you are doing this necessarily, but I do think that sometimes parents as adults, we sort of kind of forget how perceptive children are, even young kids. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not saying it directly to them, like almost every single one of my clients will tell me like if even if they haven't had parents who directly said gave them feedback about their bodies, they then heard their parents talking about their Mm -hmm. own bodies, right? And like that has carried through. And then not to mention that they're getting it from so many other places, right? So like the home is one thing, but then they're out in the world and with media and all of that, you know, peers, especially this time during puberty, like you said, this is so, so common for people to start being self-conscious about their bodies or start feeling like they don't measure up because that's such a time of, of body changes and where your peer group is, it's shifting so that your peer group is really the most important thing to you. And yeah, you know, as we can do so much as, as parents and still they're getting it from so many other places because anti-fat bias is alive and well in our society. And you know, maybe the modes of messaging has changed a little bit or, you know, different messaging tactics, right? I know for me, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was lots of like diet, 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 and like Jenny Craig and, Mm -hmm. you know, Slim Fast and things like that. And we don't see that as much anymore, but it's really... I'm sorry, you said Slim Fast and I got a little shiver. (laughs) I I remember living by Slim Fast. Oh, gosh, right? Yeah. And, you know, so those things are not, I think a lot of us, right, get that shiver and are like, oh, no, I would never do that. And yet the, you know, diet industry is a hundred plus billion dollar a year industry a year. So they are shifting the ways they're like, okay, people don't want that. What can we give them? And so it's coming through in a different way. You know, Christy Harrison, who is uh, the host of the Food Psych podcast, she calls this the wellness diet. Mm. So the messaging tactic is a little bit different, but the the root of that is still fat bodies are bad, thin bodies are better. You need to change your body to fit it into this mold in some way. Even if that's not, they're not conveying it as explicitly as they once used to, that is still the message that we're all getting at the end of the day. Right. And not for nothing, you know, my daughter is binging a lot of shows that are from the 80s and 90s, like the, that 70s show where everybody's, a sk- you know, people are still skinny minis, you know, friends, that kind of a thing, even though representation has changed since our day. <laughs> our kids are yeah. not always, it's it's interesting. You you can live in any time period you want to when you're on Netflix. This is a, a, a minor point, but it's something that I've been thinking about. Alyssa, I want to start talking about how we can kind of start to unspool these things in our own minds and replace some of these thinking patterns with something else. But I have to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, and we're back. So... Alyssa, you just walked us through like so many of the things, the reasons why we've internalized, so many good reasons why we've internalized a message of not feeling great about our bodies. What can we start to do to unspool those ideas? Not that body acceptance is something that you perform, (laughs) right? But how do we start to rewrite these scripts that feel so deeply ingrained? First, and this is what I say to every single one of my clients, the first thing we need to do is start to be aware of and recognize all of the different ways that we're getting these messages about what bodies are good and what bodies are not good, in quotes. So really bringing more awareness to all these different places that it's showing up. And when I have these conversations with my clients... Usually what they come back to me and say is, wow, I had no idea these messages were so insidious and were just everywhere. So really starting to just, again, notice. I think you know, a lot of times I say this to people and they're like, well, how do I fix it? Right? Like we are humans. Mm -hmm. We want to fix because it can be really uncomfortable, right? This like not feeling good in your body, feeling like you need to change it to fit in. But if we jump right to trying to fix without fully building this awareness of what is going on, both outside of us, but also within us, then you know we're, we're missing some steps there. So I would say step one, noticing you know, what are the messages that you're getting from all the different places that where you consume media? Who benefits from these messages or who benefits from you feeling this way, from you feeling like you have to change your body? And then starting to, and and noticing as part of this, but really getting more mindful of, okay, so I'm noticing that when I open up my Instagram account and I'm seeing my whole feed is thin, quote unquote, conventionally attractive bodies. Oh yeah. I noticed that when that happens, I feel kind of bad about myself for a while Mm -hmm. or I get a down mood. So starting to notice how that affects you. And then can you build in more mindfulness where you're really creating a pause? So normally what happens is we have an experience. So we open up Instagram and we see all these things. We go to the doctor and they tell us we need to lose weight. Someone comments on our body, whatever it is, we have an experience and then we react to it of like, oh my gosh, I need to fix this. I need to lose weight. I need to 
change my diet. I need to exercise more. Can we instead build in some pause there and start to get more curious about what's going on in that moment? And this really allows you to respond rather than react. Because typically when we're reacting, it's not necessarily something that's going to help us long-term. It might be in the moment, something that is going to make us feel more safe. Um, This is where we get into like some of the nervous system stuff. But in the long run, is this really going to be helpful for you? I also think too, you know, it can be helpful to not necessarily have this, I think this goal of like loving my body can feel very unattainable and not realistic. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. I think, you know, you don't have to love your body to be able to treat it well. You don't have to love your body to respect it. You don't have to love your body to be able to live your life the way you want to. You know, I think of it like, you know, there's there's lots of different terms that get thrown around, but this idea of of body liberation has really spoken to me. Jess Baker, who is an author and a speaker, was the first person I ever saw years ago write about body liberation. But to me, that really means, you know, it's not about loving or even liking how you look. Like, but you being liberated from these different societal ideals so that no matter how you feel about your body in the moment, you're still able to go out and live your life the way you want to. So I often use the analogy of a bad hair day. (laughs) (laughs) So if I have a bad hair day, it doesn't change how I eat that day. It doesn't make me cancel plans. It doesn't make me feel less secure about my job or my work. Like, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of crappy. My hair doesn't look that great you know, okay, tomorrow I'll wash it again. It will, it will be fine. Like I'll feel better about it. Mm-hmm. And we can do the same with our, when we have those not great body image moments of like, okay, yeah, I don't feel great in my body today. And what can I do to help make me feel better in the moment? So maybe that's wearing clothes that you feel really confident in or something that's looser and doesn't hug your body that day. And then can you still go out and live your life? Mm-hmm. I love it. I know it's not totally fair to bring up a huge topic to have you answer in one question at the end of a short interview, but there is a big social justice piece of body acceptance. So it's about, you know, respecting and accepting not just our own bodies, but the bodies of others who may be different sizes, shapes, colors, gender identities, abilities. How does our acceptance of our own body relate to our acceptance of others or vice versa? Like, what's the bigger picture here? Yeah. So yes, this is a huge question. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I will. No, that's okay. That's okay. This is good practice for me to try to distill this down a little bit and maybe give some people some more resources if they want to learn more about it. So we've talked about this a little bit today. I haven't said it explicitly, but fat phobia or anti-fat bias that exists in our society has its roots in racism, in colonialism, in sexism. And so body liberation, this idea of like liberating yourself from these systems of oppression is rooted in social justice. And from an individual level, part of our own body liberation involves dismantling our internal bias, including any anti-fat, anti-Black, ableist, sexist beliefs that we might have. And from an individual level, as we liberate ourselves, as we you know, work to unlearn these things that we've been taught, as I said at the beginning, in so many ways, that allows us to really come back home to our bodies and reclaim ourselves and our bodies. And then 
I see it, you know, the social justice issue because body image, body liberation is a systemic issue that goes far beyond us, you know, as an individual loving ourselves or feeling liberated. And so I think of it as, you know, the more people that have done the work to unlearn these beliefs and are liberating themselves from these systems of impression, then the more social and political effect we can have, both individually, but more importantly, collectively. Mm. Because, you know, until all bodies are liberated and free from these systems of oppression, none of us are ever fully free. So, you know, I see it kind of both at the individual level, but also, you know, coming together as a collective. And the more people that are doing this work on their own and together, the more power we have. Awesome. Thank you. Wonderful distillation. Oh my goodness. I'm so impressed. (laughs) And for people who would like to hear more from you, where can they find you? Tell us about your book. Sure. So my book, Unapologetic Eating, is available wherever books are sold. There's also ebook and an audiobook version. Um, and then you can learn about more about me and about working with me at alyssarumsey.com. I'm also over on Instagram at alyssarumseyrd. And I send out a bi-monthly-ish email called The Unapologetic Life with more stories and tips and tools about how you can live your most liberated unapologetic life. And you can sign up for that at alyssarumsey.com backslash subscribe. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, this is Kate back with your tiny assignment, which is this. To start noticing all the times you get a message about how your body is supposed to look. Where did that message come from? How did it make you feel? And who stands to gain from making you feel that way? Just get curious. There's so much to see. Good luck, and I hope you'll come back tomorrow when I am talking about how to increase your appreciation for your body by giving it a voice. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley, don't forget the W, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 